you guys, we have a very special, extra special from the heart, as dork and cheesy as that is, side piece show today. Uh, as many uh, of you guys know me or have seen anything or just kind of heard me talk about it in recent podcasts, um, my grandmother, aka Baba, also known as the Queen, she was my best friend. She was literally my ride or die. I mean, if I didn't talk to her once a day, I talked to her twice a day, even after moving to LA. I talked to that woman every single day. And, you know, funny story, we call her the queen and we have for over a decade now because when I was thinking about leaving Ohio and moving to LA, a lot of people weren't happy. They wanted me to stay in Ohio. And I said, I need to move to LA. I'm meant to do more, be more. I'm meant to do TV. That's why I wanted to come out here. I said, I want to be on TV to do amazing things so I can have a platform just to do awesome things, be an awesome person, give back, do for others. I'm just meant to do this and I need to leave Ohio to go and do it. Um, like I said, a lot of people weren't happy about it. They didn't want me to leave. And the queen was the first one to say, what do you, you got to do it. Of course you got to go, go big, go home. You got to go do it. You follow your dreams. You go get those TV shows because you're meant to do that. And I said, you know what, Baba, I am going to do it. I'm going to go, I'm going to go get those TV shows so I can put you on it. Cause I want to do a TV show with you. And she said with me, not going to do a TV show with me. I'm nobody. I said, are you kidding me? You are the queen. And she said, I'm not a queen. And no joke ever since, again, over what, a decade now? She has been called the queen. Ever since I called her the queen that day, we all, our family, everybody that knows her has always called her the queen. And a funny story so she's playing bingo with my mom one day at like a, a local church back in Ohio. And it was icy. It was like a snowstorm. It was a little icy. She fell. She ended up in the ER. She hurt her ankle, nothing big. But she's sitting there filling out the forms. And she fills out for her name, the Queen Thomason. My mom doesn't know this. So she just turns the forms in. They're waiting there in the emergency room, waiting to be seen. And the, the nurse comes out and says, okay, um, is the queen ready to come back? <laughs> Again, my mom was like, how are, did you know this? No, she didn't have any idea. And Baba stands right up and she's like, yep, the queen is ready. She even started to call herself the queen because she was, she is always forever. And she recently just passed. For any of you that have ever lost anybody, you know, it's especially like your best friend. It's like earth shattering. And uh, I have a four and a three-year-old though, you know, I'm a mom. It's like, they don't get what's going on. So you have to just lose your shit in the shower or in the closet after they go to sleep, basically. But um, this has rocked my world. And sometimes when you hear people say, like, I lost my grandma, it's, you know, people, a lot of times people aren't that close, unfortunately, with grandparents. Like, she was my, like, bestie. She was my everything. Um, and, again, I'm doing all this for her today, every day. For the last 10 years, like I do all this for her. She was such a huge supporter. She was my check-in person, you know, like don't forget to check in when you land. Don't forget to check home, check in when you get home. Don't forget to check in after you go down and get your mail. I mean, she was my check-in person. She was my everything. So 
needless to say, um, this is always for her and everything is always for her. But my guest today is even extra cooler, special, just crazy timing. And normally I have, you know, a really big intro for them, but I'm telling you, so my guest today is Dorinda freaking Medley. Yes, Dorinda. Like, I can't believe it. The coolest woman. And the crazy part about all of this is for anybody of you that knows Dorinda, you know about her late husband, Richard, and what a big part of her life he was and even still is in the stories that she will still tell to this day about Richard. And we talked a lot about Richard and his passing and seeing things and signs from Richard. And we talked about, you know, heart to heart that she's had with her parents and, you know, getting older and all this stuff. And it was so crazy because literally after I got done talking with Dorinda, I called Baba and I had like the same kind of heart to heart that Dorinda was talking about. Like, you know, you just, those things, you just want them to make sure that you know, and that they know these things just in case, right? Like we're always together. You're going to be happy. I'll be happy. You know, we're going to check in with each other wherever we are. And it's so crazy because after I just talked with Dorinda and I had that talk with the queen, she passed. And it's just like nuts, like the timing of all my guests and all the conversations that you have, right? So, um, you know, this this is of course extra special to me today. Um, this episode, not only for the queen, but just with Dorinda, with the meaning of all of it, with our conversations. And, um, thank you guys, all of you for the love and the support that you have shown the past couple days. Um, it is just through the roof. Incredible. You know, I'm always blown away by you guys just saying that you like to listen to my podcast, <laughs> let alone when you're like, oh my gosh, the queen, I'm so sorry. And I mean, it just my like the hole that I have in my heart, it really helps that you guys have been so incredible. And again, I just, I cannot thank you enough for all that you do. And I appreciate each and every one of you. And I think you don't know how much you all mean to me. And of course, how much the queen means to me and means to this episode, extra, extra special today. So you guys, Thank you for sticking with me. Thank you for always being there. And I cannot believe that I got to have the one and only Dorinda Medley on Side Piece Show. Hello. Hello, how are you? Oh my God, this is the best ever. Oh. I wore red. I'm not sure I like the way they blew up my hair, but that's okay. Are you, you look beautiful. You, I'm dying. I'm oh. dying. You know, this is like my, I don't know, 60 something. I'm shitting my pants. <laughs> To see you. Well, you know, it's a, it's the first time in like ages that it's been kind of quiet, which is nice. You know what I mean? And I'm sort of being very good about not because I I suffer from ADD. So if I'm not doing something, I think I'm I'm a loser. So right, I, yeah, totally. I, I'm all about the busy work. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I've decided coming back to the city to just really slowly just go and slowly. Because I'll tell you something. I think there's something real about um, and I was talking to one of the producers at Sirius Radio today there's something real about this post-COVID stress we're going to call it PCS because it's almost like there's a little anxiety about re-entering 
Totally. When are you going to get ready? Let's go. I know. But listen, I'm like the same way. I'm still wearing. I mean, I am. Again, I think I was so crazy when it hit because my parents, too. you know, it's like, I'm not there yet. And my husband's like, rip that shit off. And I'm like, well, oh. yeah. And I was, I think, and I think every, there's something interesting that came out of this whole thing is that like you, each family got the chosen caretaker. Right. Like I became the chosen caretaker for my parents. So it really became a double responsibility because not only did I have to protect myself, I had to constantly think about my parents. Right. My mother's a cancer survivor and my dad's 90. So it's, that's that. He gets it. You know, it's bad. I mean, now, thank God they're boosted and back. So I'm a little less worried. But my God, I was petrified because I was still working during COVID. You know what? Like speaking of that, because I was just, thinking of you. So recently I had an aunt who passed away and we called her big red. We had balloon. The kids are psycho about balloons. There was a red balloon. Okay. The freaking thing followed me. Do you know, I still watch that video and that balloon was red. The balloon that I saw, you know, red's a really, um, red is a sign of the red and orange are sort of the signs that the spirits are here they're here it's it's the main color they they show you that's why when you see a red cardinal you know it's so funny to this day so i had to make a decision the other day and i said okay i need to make that richard i need you to send me a sign send me a color your favorite color red or or send me the cardinal you send me every year in the berkshires to sit i have a cardinal just sits and stares at me i can knock the window it just stares at me a real one just sits there a real one and I'm convinced it's Richard. So I, I, I literally was, uh, this was two days ago. So it's long past Valentine's. I opened up my door and there was a Valentine's balloon in the garbage area when I, would, when I brought it to bring and it was bright red. So I'm thinking, there's the answer. I totally, a thousand percent believe in that. Like all of that. I Isn't always- it great? Isn't it great? Because then you can never leave them. And I'm going to tell you, I had a really, I was talking to someone about it at dinner last night. I had probably one of the most important conversations with my parents during COVID because again, I got sort of, not, I've always been super close, but getting back into a relationship where I saw them every day and it's no longer, Hey mom, bye mom. Like we were sitting, having dinner, right. you know, really family. like I was a kid again. Right. Right. Totally. And nothing else to do but be with their family. So, and I, I, I said to my mother, you know, I need to have this conversation with you because I need it for me. I said, I, you, you got to promise me that the per, the thing I'm in love with is your soul. Yeah. So if the physical is not here one day, you got to promise me that you stay in communication with me. She goes, absolutely. My father said, of course we will. Cause I said, I, I can't just believe the body's it. Otherwise I'm, I'm not going to make it. It, it, it. I'm not going to make it. If you know. I, I, Cause I was getting in a panic because we all were questioning our mortality. Right. And then I really, from being home so much, I'm like, you people are old. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. It's sad. So that, so, and you know, it's given me such peace because I'm, and obviously I went through it with Richard. So I, I truly believe he's wrong, but I wanted to have that conversation with them because I wanted acknowledged. So, and I said, and if you come to me, I wanted to let you know, I'm going to acknowledge it, you know? So we have this pact open. We're together in this. Yeah. Okay? We have this pact. Okay. I was like, okay. Shake on the shit. We need to so know. That's, that, that, so that's the beautiful thing about that. You know, if we just don't, if we stop worrying about so much about earthly and think more in this, you know, whatever heavenly celestial way, it's so much more, it's peaceful. But I feel like a lot of people, and I'm sure you've come up in conversations because I know I have conversations. I'm from Ohio. Do you think people like, you know, Richard was from Ohio. No. Ohio. Where? Columbus born and raised and then he went then he went to University of Ohio and then we had to go to every single Buckeye game I'm shitting my are you kidding me single and the first Buckeye game I I went to because I used to go to the games at Yale you know and I used to dress up and wear a big coat and get my makeup I went to that first game I was scared to death how the people looked and acted they're like ah (laughs) like what is going on here we're crazy (laughs) we're crazy I can't believe it's crazy. I can't and then believe I went to the Ohio Michigan game. Oh, forget about that it. We we had to get up at seven in the morning to start with everybody. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're we're and people were already in the frat houses and yeah. 
wait, I cannot, how, I did not know he, yes, I'm, I just I'm, went, I went to uh, uh, one of my big appearances that I go to a lot is at the Hollywood Casino in Columbus, Ohio. And they're always so excited because I know the Hollywood Casino because Richard used to take me there sometimes. Oh my God. A, I have to meet you there. I'm from there. I'm a psycho. I'm one of those people. If I see a Michigan fan, I'll be like, yeah, that was Richard. Richard, that was Richard, but it, it was serious. No, I was just there two weeks, uh, two weekends ago. Yeah. I cannot believe that. Wait a minute, but you were in London. For 10 years, almost 10 years. So why did, you know what I was thinking too? Obviously, so you're a freaking icon. Like there are so oh, many things nice. that you have done with Bravo, the housewives. But I feel like you haven't got enough attention for what you did pre that. Well, that's why I wrote the book because I felt like, I felt like everybody thought they knew, like, I, as I said to Andy, when, you know, he's like, you're going to be great when you're taking this year off. I said, listen, Andy, I bake the cake. I just, yep. you just got the frosting. Like the kind of person was all, I, I went on Bravo at 50. So think about that. So, you know, I had a whole many, as my mother says, I'm the cat that has many, many, many lives. You know, I've lived all over the place. I'd been, you know, married before, you know, then married again and widowed and had a whole life in New York. And, you know, so I wanted people to know that my life didn't start at Bravo. Right. Like, you know, Blue Stone Manor was part of my life before Bravo. It's not like a Cinderella castle. It's really right. my house. Right. You know, totally. Not like we just and always entertained. Right. And I always decorated. I think one of the funniest things that happened after they put me on pause, otherwise the, the famous word for fired now um, is <laughs> pause. It's like, the, it's like the etiquette friendly. It's not that, you know, the new age politically correct is Hannah said to me, mom, I was like kind of laying in bed. Of course I was very down. Cause I was like, they fired me. Cause I really thought of myself as this great housewife, you know, one of the racehorses. And she says, Hannah, can she just tap me on the shoulder? She goes, can I ask you a question? I said, yes. She says, you're still going to decorate, right? I said, Hannah, I've been decorating for 28 years of your life. Of course I'm going to. That's amazing. Was... She's like, please, please keep it going with the Halloween, the Christmas. Like that's the going. thing I've been decorating my whole life. So that was, and I've been cooking and I've been, you know, entertaining. And I think a lot of, a lot of what I learned about lifestyle, I learned in my 10 years in London. Right. Cause I actually started off in Hong Kong. So I lived there and then I had a sit in Australia and then I properly moved to London and kind of settled there uh, and had my, you know, had Hannah and had a life. And I was going to stay there if I hadn't gotten divorced. I mean, I love London. In fact, I was supposed to be in London this Monday for a huge 50th birthday. And they, I just talked to all the girls. If I moved back to London tomorrow, it would be as if I never left. Really? Because that's where I grew up. That's, her that's where I had my baby. That, you know, the best time to meet other women, and I'm a big women's advocate, so I love raising your children with other women like i i'm a big communal kind of person love it i could be love great it. on a commune no problem i no, freaking I love great, it like, i could be great as in a harem you know one husband six wives I'm like, it's your turn tonight i'll take care of the Sign kids me up. Just <laughs> i'll share anything with you i will follow i will follow exactly <laughs> so all my deep friendships were made in those early adult years through our children through being young through the fact that all all these women were you know, had banker husbands and you know, it was, it was a fun time in London because it was the beginning of the Americans coming over. Right. So now it's very Americanized. I mean, you could be in any city, but back then you were sort of a unicorn as an American. I mean, people yeah. say, to me, are you an American? I'd say, yes, I am, you know, but back then you were, it was just a, not a lot of us. And we kind of bonded together. And because my husband is British, I also got introduced to the whole British culture. So I had a little bit of an advantage over people that just, and I was in staying there for two years, like the normal expat. I was living there. You were there. I mean, you had a freaking business. You were running your own, like, I mean, it's insane. You sell cashmere. I, I still have it. <laughs> that, that's what I'm just like, people, and I know like if you read the book, but for people that just think of you as like the housewives, I'm like, look at what you did. Look at what you, you had mm. Princess Diana. Yes, that was my, that was a highlight. And also Princess Diana used to call me her gobble thing because we worked out at the same place at the Hurling Home. And that's another thing, like people don't believe me. It's, it's, she used to be around. It's not like now. Like she really was around. She was at, you know, she belonged to the Hurling Home. I belonged to the Hurling Home. She belonged to the same 
workout place I did. So you would see her. I mean, it's not like I was sitting having coffee with her. But right. Oh, sorry. You'd be like, hey, hey, what's up? Is that insane? It was much more loosey goosey than it is now. You know now. Yeah, I mean, but was that just was that like the highlight of like clients of? That was, you know, I was so lucky because I had what my neighbor in, um, Ken, in South Kensington was Sophie Reese Jones, who married Prince, Prince Edward. Oh, my gosh. And Demetra Lalunas, who was from the, you know, the royal, the, from Princess Lalunas. And so they helped me, introduce me to all these people in that world. And it's like any world, like the Upper East Side, it's small. It gets very small, very fast. So I had a real, I was really lucky because then of course she made introductions and then everybody, London's sort of a weird place. Like if the right 10 people wear something, then all of the London's people wear it. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like if Chanel jackets are in, we all wore Chanel. If Aliyah was in, we all wore Aliyah. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So then you're like having freaking Princess Diana. You're having this life in London and basically the divorce was what you're like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to move back. Well, I think what happened with the divorce, I had to make a really big decision because my daughter was basically British at that point. She did mommy, mommy, you know, going to British school. And, and I thought, you know, I've got to move back because if I don't, my daughter's virtually, you know, is basically going to marry someone British and I'm never going to be able to leave. Right. So, and, and I'm going to be a divorcee. And back then, and this is a God's honest, true story. When I told one of my very good friends, that I was getting divorced, she, she literally wrote to me, called me up and said, now listen, darling, you know I love you to bits, but the dinner party, because all dinner parties, back in London back then, you get invited to dinner parties like two months ahead of time, and they send you, they literally drop the invitation off by hand. You know all those old British movies, you see all the invitations? Totally, on the fireplaces. All school. Yeah. So everything would be by hand, and she called me, she said, listen, darling, you know I'm doing that dinner party, on March, whatever, she says, and it's really evens and not odds. So unfortunately I need to take you off the list. And London was a little bit like that because everybody was very coupley and very, you know, and I just thought, I don't know if I want to be a 60 year old divorced American wandering the streets of London with, and my daughter would be British and she still right. is half British, but I mean, she would be fully, you know, engaged in that life. So I made a decision and I wanted the support system of my parents. Right. Cause they're you right know? there. And so you came back and then you freaking meet your prince. Not for a long time, but not for a long, long time. I didn't meet him for like six, six years. And you six, just seven went, years. You in the dating I was his real estate agent. I know. I, that's another thing. Like, does that, do you think anybody knows? Like, I just feel like there's so much to you. And I was a real estate agent because I knew it was something I could do, but still meet Hannah, pick up, school pick up and stuff. It was a way to control my schedule. And again, women, women, women. I partnered with these other women so that were also single moms. And what we did is we would trade off. So like if I didn't have the kids one Saturday, you know, I would pick up all their appointments. So we really had a, two other beautiful girls. So we were like this very attractive trio of women that would show apartments. And that's how I met my husband. Could you imagine? I mean, can you, I mean, th th like that's what the things that like, like the gems, there's so many <laughs> gems, like hidden yeah. gems that I feel like. And Richard showed up when I showed him his townhouse with a 26 year old. Wait, so he's what, 40? Is that no, he was like 50 at the time. And I remember thinking to myself, and she wasn't like the typical 26 year old. She had gone to like, you know, Harvard and she worked for the World Bank and she was very Washington. So very like, almost like a Dartmouth girl, you know? Got it. And I thought, look at that. Look at that 50 year old with that young girl. Like, <laughs> right. But she was like 26 going on 35 and he was like, he had a very kind of young, right. not that I'm making excuses because to tell you the truth, I didn't like it at first. And then what happened was, is I got in the townhouse that I eventually lived in, which was so bizarre. Um, and like four or five months later, he called me up and I thought that he was calling to complain about the town. I swear to God, this is a true story. And I said to my boss at the time, he can't take back the commission, right? Because I've spent that. That's just gone. I'm wearing it. I'm like, that ship is, she's like, no, something. And how could he be calling me? Yeah. And he asked me, I said, what happened to your 26 year old, your child? He said, uh, that was just a transition. 
you know, it was never really, you know how men are. It's never really that, it was really nothing. You know what I mean? Your child. <laughs> Your child. I said, what happened to the child? So you're like, okay, you're kind of perfect so when I first me met out, you. And Richard asked me out. So this was the great thing about Richard. So Richard said, okay, great. I'd love to ask her. I said, what? He said, tonight. I said, Richard Medley, you think as a single woman, I can just pop off and go out with you tonight. Meanwhile, what he didn't know, I was already going out with someone else to the Time Warner opening. So I went <laughs> on the date to the Time Warner opening and he was there. He tapped me on the shoulder. What did you say to him? You're like, I can't do he, it. He said, he said to me, well, it looks like you found a babysitter. I said, no, no, sir. No, no. I always had a babysitter, but I said, you can't, if you listen closely, I said, you cannot expect a woman to get a babysitter on the same day as being asked to a date. And that stands true. So then <laughs> you're, but then he was like, let's try it Betty again. Betty called, Betty asked me out, can you go out Wednesday? And then I went out and six months, seven months later, I was engaged. And he told me on our third day, true story. He told me at the Stanhope, which is called closed right now. He said, um, listen, he said, we're going to do all this stuff. I'm going to date you. We're going to do all this. I'm going to do all the right things. Send the flowers, court you. But he said, we're going to get married. And I said, well, that's awfully cocky of you. He said, no, I'm just telling you, we're going to get married. That, don't, don't worry. I'm not going to speed things up, but we're going to get married. I'll never forget it. And I remember going home that night thinking, huh. Maybe this is going to be my head. Cause I like a guy that tells you, I love a man that knows yep. what he wants. Yep. I, I think it's the sexiest thing. I think the whole, that whole thing is just, I always say to Hannah, don't do wishy-washy. Wishy love it has to be passionate and furious, you know, furious and everything. You know, you, that's mine. And Richard was like that, which I like. You know what? It's so crazy. I can't believe that because I went to go meet my husband. So a guy who's basically trying to get with me was like, oh, I'm going to set you up on meetings. So then I look good to you and then you'll have sex with me. <laughs> he sets me up on this meeting and I go to, well, it's WME, William Morris. My husband works at William Morris and I go in and this is just like a, not like a setup, like a, just like a business thing. Right. And I walk into the office and he comes in and I had like my, you know, I'm trying to impress. I had like my hooker heels on, right? And like a big, of, of course, like I'm doing the hooker thing. Like I need to be hookerish, look good for these <laughs> meetings. And I was like, oh God. And I'm a hugger. So I'm like, you know, Ohio, I'm like hugging. And I'm like, God, yeah. he's really short. He like comes in my boobs. I could like motorboat him right now. <laughs> and we're talking and he's like, you know, we, the, the assistant was like 30 minutes, you know, 30 minutes. We we're talking for like an hour and a half. And he's like, I'm going to freaking marry you. And I was like, you're a lunatic, you creeper. <laughs> and here you are, almost with another baby. See? It's doing something right. But I'm doing something right. I know, right. I know. It was a motorboat. That that's what happened as I was leaving the office. No, but like I I appreciate but it. But you know, I, that's a sexy quality in a man. You might have said you might have said it's creepy, but the other side of me said to you, said, that's kind of sexy. You know what I mean? <laughs> right? But those are always the best nights. I just want, because I'm dating again. I'm really ready to find a husband. So if you know anybody, I'm ready to Melissa to get myself out there again and meet someone. And I think I'm telling you, I think 2022 is my year to meet someone. I wasn't ready really until now. It's really taken me that long to be like, I want to be married. And I always said I never wanted to be married after Richard, but something happened that I just was like, I woke up about a month ago and I thought, I want to get married again or partnered, whatever that is. Yep, I'm putting it out there. So if, you're, if your husband has any, I don't mind a, a smaller agent guy, bring him over to me. <laughs> I'm very loving. I can cook a great meal. And believe it or not, I have a, I'm very good when the lights go down. Very I enthusiastic. Mean, believe very it or enthusiastic. not. Nobody doubts that ever, ever. <laughs> you are Dorinda freaking deadly. Nobody I'm a cheerleader. I always give my best in all situations. <laughs> Once I make the decision, I go for it. I'm in it, baby. That is amazing. And by the way, I'm, so, again, people think I'm crazy, but I'm such a believer of like putting it out there. And it, I'm telling everybody. I went out last night with Arthur from Cameo. And I said, I said, Arthur, hands camera. I said, 
I've done a very good job with you on camera. I was one of your first talents to be on. You need to find me a husband. He's like, okay. And he called me this morning. He's like, I just called my uncle who's single. He's going to come to New York in two weeks. You should go out with him. Because if people don't know. They don't know. Yeah. I'm telling you, 2022, you're going to talk to me. At some point, you're going to say, you predicted it. Because I'm a white witch. I Listen. I appreciate all of that. I believe in all of that. Like I am. Uh, so keep your ears open. I, I don't mind commuting. I mean, I'm on it. I'm <laughs> freaking, you know what? Here is my plan. Okay. I'm finding you someone here. So you at minimum have to be by coastal so you can come see my ass. That's and we right. can go out for drinks. Yes. Oh. Well, next time I come down, next time I come down late, we'll go out for a drink. Oh my God. That would just be, be so the, fun. That would, oh my God. I was supposed up. to go to LA this Thursday to do the interviews for the mashup, but I'm all caught up on my interviews. So they sent everybody else out except me. No. I, it's so funny. I was on a group exchange last yesterday with Brandy, Tamara, Vicky, all of them. They're like, oh my God, we're all going to be in LA. And I wrote, you know, well, I didn't, I didn't get, get invited. I, I, I wasn't asked. And they're like, well, why not? This is, and then I wrote in the next thing, I got fired again. And, you know, one person did a happy face. The other person's like, you know, Brandy's like, make some comment. And Jill's like, well, don't worry about it. I'll call like, She thought I was serious. I'm mm -hmm. like, Jill, I can't be fired from the mashup. It's not even out yet. <laughs> Jill. I just had Jill on. Yeah, she's great. She was, you know what, you know what I appreciate about Jill is that she said forever ago, and actually I would like you, she said, and you, I'm sure you've heard her say it, you can have it all, but you can't have it all at the same time. She always says that. Do you believe that? Yes, I believe that. I, I think I even believe more than, for me coming out of COVID, what I'm not doing again, I, I'm sort of that, going along with that statement. I also, too, you can't, I also think you can't be good at everything. Yeah. Like you have to pick your lane because i'm sort of you know what's that old saying the uh master of jack of whatever master of nothing and master of nothing like i can do anything like literally hannah saw me change you know like plug the other day rewiring it she goes how would you know how to do that i'm like i don't know survival poverty you know when you're poor yep. and you're living on your own you learn to do everything you learn all of the good stuff right all of it but you know, I think one thing that Richard was really good at that I remember him saying to me, he's like, the problem with you is you have to be a macro thinker and you're too much of a micro thinker and micro thinkers never get to the macro. Yeah. So I'm always so busy with all the micro stuff because I want my hand in every pot. You know, I want to be involved and engaged in everything. And sometimes that just, you don't get the best out of yourself. You don't give the best and you get tired. Right. Because you're always, always, it's always. Yeah, so I'm trying to be very good about picking and choosing what I do and be devoted to it and not worrying so much. You know, I think if COVID taught us anything, it's like, what's the point of all the worry? It doesn't really get you ahead. But like, you know, it's crazy. It's like, you think this, right? It's like, what's the worry? Why the stress? Why all That's of it. this, right? Like family is most important. I see my parents, but like, is it nuts then that you then go do these shows? Like you did the mashup. And I can only imagine what you're fighting about because, and it's like, these girls are fighting about probably the dumbest shit. Are you ever like, what am I doing? Why, like, why am I doing this? You know, it's a funny thing with me with reality. Like when I'm in it, I'm really in it. And I, I'm very unfiltered. Right. And I just felt whatever I'm feeling. I'm like, I, you know, that's our job. We know it's almost like being, you know, I always compared to being like an athlete, like an NFL player. Like you get on the field, you beat each other up, you do everything you can, yeah. the best you can, the hardest you can. But then when you come off the field, you pat each other on the ass and you carry on because we know what we're doing and good TV, bad TV, people, you know, it gives some people something to talk about, right. but you have to be the person that can tolerate that. I mean, I don't particularly get upset when someone and you know someone in Kansas tells me I'm the worst person in the world I didn't know them before I'm not going to know them forward they you know I'm happy that people generally like me you know that makes me thrilled but right you gotta just be thick-skinned and just I'm a very strong person and I'm very I know who I am and I've been through so much worse you know once you bury someone you love there's not a lot that really can what's gonna know, happen worse than that at Bluestone Manor you, you, that's right 
You know, right. that's why even when I, you know, all these things like the other day, I dropped something quite expensive, a, a pizza box rocket dropped, slipped out of my hands and I started to get that anxiety. Like, oh, I'm like, who cares? I used it for, I used it for 15 years. Thank you so much. Goodbye. You know right. what I mean? See you later. We're done. On to the next. Yeah. Yeah. But like, so you're so tough. You're so strong. You have, you've done now it's like two different, Not really. right? What people don't know about me. And this is the biggest secret. My mother will tell you that. I am very, I'm a survivor. I am, I think I'm quite smart and I know what I want, but I get hurt very easily. So then how do you do this show? Because these women are not hurt like that because it's like, but I, but if someone's like disloyal to me or someone's like, you know, painfully hurtful to me, I may, I may not show but what may come out is me a protective sort of like, fuck you. But really on the inside, I'm like, Done. But with the show, it's a, listen. You get hurt on the show. Don't think you don't. There's been many times where you see an episode of ball your eyes out that you just kind of have to wipe. You know, it's part of the game. And there is not a good housewife that hasn't got is, hasn't gotten away with having to. You know, my mother calls it climbing on the cross. <laughs> yes. Then you got to climb back down again. Because if if you are a housewife that that never happens to. You're not a good housewife. Right. Right. That's called lunch on a Wednesday with your friends. Totally. I mean, and then the, the audience would be like, it's so boring. There's no, no, you know, she's not a good one. But like, and the you, one thing about me is good or bad. I did run story. I mean, are you freaking kidding me? It, it was like, you know, we, everybody was shattered when you oh, were you. on the pause. Right. <laughs> on pot, on the pause. Sounds like a like a transition into like freaking menopause. Yeah, exactly. On, on the pause. I'm gonna put that on a t-shirt. I'm on over, the pause. Over, over 50 and on the pause. <laughs> You're welcome. Go sell it. All I want is a drink with you. And yeah, <laughs> but like you're doing this, right? You you had New York, you had mashup. I mean, it had, was it safe? Is it safe to say that everything with Ramona, because you knew her the longest, was the hardest to deal with as opposed to it like- It still is hard to deal with because I think we should have gotten over that quicker, but I don't know. So it just hasn't, you know, I'm, you never know. Time will tell. Right. But we just, you know, I was even talking to Luann about it yesterday. I don't know. It's just, I, I don't know. Cause we were friends for a long, long time and our kids know each other, but you never know, you know, people going through different phases. Yeah. Did you watch the last season of New York? I didn't so much because I, first of all, I was, I didn't want to watch it because I was afraid it would hurt my feelings too much. <laughs> like it'd be too painful to not be part. It's like not being, going back to college the first year. Of course. You know you know, I still I was, feel I, like that. Not being able to go back to college. Yeah, right? so, uh, my whole thing is we were, and I got very lucky, like by the grace of God, because I was put on pause, but remember it was COVID. Right. So I, no one was in the city. I was living in the Berkshires doing that life. I was writing my book, you know, trying to get my bourbon done and focusing on my parents, focusing on Hannah and kind of becoming like that person again, focusing on the house, you know, doing. So I could almost put blinders on. I think it would have been so difficult if I was put on pause and then the next season, it was a big fall in New York and all the girls were here filming and I'm walking out on the yeah. streets and running and see them filming and the restaurant, because you see us filming everywhere, right. right? Right. So in a weird way, I was very protected by that. And then of course they didn't film at all this year. Crazy. So that was lucky for me. Perfect timing. Listen, mm -hmm. timing. You, we talk about it. We believe in it. Timing. There's reasons for why. And my mother said it at the time. She goes, I think this is a matter of rejection is protection. You're just not supposed to be there in the city right now. It's time for you to take a break and, and grow and rest um, because you get very tired. You know, it's a, the fame thing is a wonderful thing in the whole TV show. It's, it's so wonderful. It's such a blessing and presents so many opportunities. But, you know, it can be overwhelming sometimes, always being on, on, you know, so that this pause, I actually was saying it to Andy this morning. I feel like I just grew so much and I grew 
so I had this wonderful platform and I'll always have it, but then I was able to build it out. So now people don't just think of me as just that housewife. Right. You know, now I got to get the book out. I got to brand Bluestone Manor. I feel like I really enjoyed doing my cooking videos. That's really growing so fast. I did some incredible partnerships that I wouldn't have been able to do if I were on the show. So it kind of diversified me another layer again. Again. And, but like, were you, they put you on pause, the pause. I'm still on pause. Well, but then they're like, Hey, can you come back for a mashup? Oh, and by the way, we're going to use your house. Was your first thing like. No, because I could never wonder. I could never want to, I'll say what I thought was very weird is just from a standpoint of filming, like with it being COVID and stuff, I thought my house would be sort of the mainstay of getting through the COVID season. So when they, cause the, the funny thing is when they got rid of me, they got rid of Bluestone Manor. They right. got rid of, you know, Len was a character. So it, I left with a lot of extras and I never, and people just are so, that's another thing I learned about by being up there. People love Bluestone Manor. Love. Like love it. Love. I get on a Zoom and I'll have that painting behind me and people be like, oh my God, I can't believe you're there. I'm like, well, yeah, I really live here. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it truly is the Cinderella's castle of the Berkshires. Like people don't, if I tell you every day, someone sits outside my gate and takes pictures of it. Are you serious? Every day. And in the summer, all the time. So is it not so? Because like you said, this isn't a prop. It's not a set. Like it has all the walls and a top, you know, like this is my house. Is it crazy though to you that then all the madness takes place there? Like, why yes. do you think if this is your like sanctuary, you decorate it, you put so much time and money and effort into it. And then it's like, for some reason. It's because you know what? It's on 18 acres. You go up this long, windy road, you know, the gates open, they're like Dracula gates, they close by. And once you're up there, we just film like 14, 15 hours a day. And I think there's something very magical about Bluestone Manor. Maybe it's the colors. Maybe it's because it's 120 years old. It just, it's like time has stopped. I can't explain it to you. And I just think it brings up the best in us and the worst in us. Maybe because we're just cooped up there for, you know, so many days. And you got to remember with the housewives, they'd only come up for like two nights, three days. And that was during normal time. We did the mashup. It was supposed to be four days there, three nights, four days. It ended up being seven nights, eight days. And during COVID, when all of us had been slightly desocialized. So I hadn't had anybody in my house except Hannah Lynch and my parents for 16 months. And these are not even what, and you know, people don't usually stay at your house for eight days. And I didn't really Ooh. know all the girls. I was going to say, I, I mean, I knew of them. Hey, Bravo Cow, but. I didn't really know, know them. I, like I met Eva for the first time when she came up and Phaedra knew, you know, from a distance, but I didn't really know Phaedra. They ended up being my two closest friends. I, like we still talk all the time. I was just you, talking to Phaedra yesterday. No, you and Phaedra and Eva. Yeah. No. And then of course I knew Jill, but I've never lived with Jill. And also too, like eight days is a long time in a, uh, in anywhere. Yeah. And, and um, but listen, I, I mean, according to Andy, it is phenomenal. Well, crazy, I mean, but phenomenal. I don't doubt that. I mean, eight days at my parents' house is a long time for me. <laughs> right? I mean, let alone when you're with these crazy and women. And also, too, you know, I'm really, I'm a stickler about how I run the house. So I really run it like, you know, I like, I'll show it to you. I run the place with like, like a, a well-run inn. And I, mean, it's, I have the rules by people's bed. <laughs> oh my God. No shoes upstairs, slippers provided. I provide everybody with those, so no food or beverage upstairs. Any questions, ask me. And remember to mind your manners. That's amazing. I was just going to say, again. But every room is so, so, you know, different people live different ways. And I'm like, wait a second. You know what I mean? Like, I run the house like, clockwork and Len really runs house. Len keeps that house. I have a linen closet that sometimes I just open up and stare at. It's my pride and joy. I mean, but that's the thing. Then you have these crazy women. You don't, you're like, sure, stranger, come stay at my house around the clock. Oh, and we're filming this. Eating lasagna in bed. I'm like, 
Oi, no. See, I that's uh-uh, uh-uh. I my like I'm the same. I'm like, take your shoes off if you eat anywhere but the table, crumb. Well, that's no. it. No. But, you know, but I, I think I, people forget it's your house. Like and and remember too, which I keep saying you'll see on the show, it's a country house. So the house is 120 years old. So it has to be kept. And remember, my great grandfather built it, and my grandfather built it, and it's from the era of the when the Italians just did the the um, you know, dirt cellars. Right. So it, even because it was Bluestone Manor was never a proper house. It was considered a summer cottage. So they, the people Stanford White built, had it built for this family. Or this family had Stanford White design it, but it was really only used two months a year, July and August. So, you know, we obviously closed it down, Richard and I and restored it as much as you can, but it's a loose house at the end of the day because it's, you know, it's old. it's old. So you can't, you have to be meticulous about how you run it because you can get mice you can get you know anything and that's the end of a house once you start getting anything so i'm meticulous about that stuff so were you just like okay it's not even the crew that i'm normally with the ramona the sonia the luann's the bethany whatever i was worried i was i was anxious and you remember too um they had to come up. It was a much bigger production. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I had no idea. If I knew then what I know now, I think I would have even been scared, more scared. You know, they called me up. We started filming, I think, on the 18th. They said, we're going to get there on, like, the 10th. And they had, like, literally um, surf stations, command stations, um, um, COVID tents, drones, uh, porta-potties, um, like, it looked like Coachella, a movie set. It looked 106 people at one point. Lights, drones. It, it's so different than the housewives because the housewives they go up. Yeah. Maybe they bring three cameramen, and it was nothing. They come up, we film, we close the house. No, this was a huge production, and I saw a little bit of the visuals. And I'm going to tell you something. I cried when I saw my house, the way they've done it, because they they show it in such a way that I never got to see it, because I've never seen it from the. They had a drone team, so all they did was drone. Oh my god, it was beautiful, amazing. Oh my gosh, I think people get like, listen. Am I nervous about it coming up? Of course, because you know we were there eight days and. You can only imagine what went down with all those characters. I mean, you have the top, you have the top dogs playing. You know, they haven't been on TV for a while, so they're ready. So I've got Vicky and Brandy and Jill and Phaedra and Eva and you know Taylor, and these are all real. You know, oh geez, they know what they're doing. Yeah. So, so, was there anyone else? Did you know Brandy? Yes, I knew Brandy. I knew Brandy. I knew Jill. Um, I knew Tamara, I knew Vicky a little bit, um, but I really didn't know Phaedra Eva. But Phaedra to me is probably one of the funniest women ever. The things that she says, I would just pee myself. She said something yesterday too. We were just laughing and laughing. It's just her delivery is so good. It's been a while. Her delivery is so good. She was ready to play. Yes. She just has that personality in the way, and her she's got that incredibly melodic voice, but she doesn't say it loud, and right. she doesn't say, she's not a big going on and on, but boy, oh boy, when she says it, it lands. I mean, who would have thought, like, you're sitting here saying that those two you're closest with right now. I mean, mm-hmm. are there any that you're like, I'm good if we're not on a group text right now? Yes, but you'll see, you'll see. I definitely get into it. it was like, no, listen, that's not that I'm just the closest, but I just, I was so surprised. I didn't, I knew them the least and I just got so comfortable right. with them so quickly. Cause you know, I love Jill and I'm on the phone with Brandy. I just did Brandy's podcast and Tamara. Um, Vicky, not so, you know, I, I don't really stay in contact as much just cause we're just different women. You know, we're right. very different. But I, the great thing is, as much as it was, we all left really close well it's like a fan like you always like it's like sisters and things and we all left tired beaten up but you know we're all talking to each other still we're all excited we've already made a pact that there's going to be some really uncomfortable scenes but we just have to roll through it and keep it going and stand strong and that's what makes good tv i feel like it's it is, it was a blessing because like going back, like you doing this, but then coming back with the mashup and you're with these OGs, as opposed to, do you think if you were still on, 
like Roni and where would you go back? Because by the way, I was reading, by the way, everyone freaking out about certain things that you were dropping. <laughs> but I said back in New York, because we're all back in New York. Listen, I love Bravo. And remember, I didn't leave. So it's always a crazy question when people say, will you go back? I mean, I didn't leave. I didn't I was, to leave. Yeah, right? right. So I can only speculate going back is if I get asked back. Right. Because, you know, I had Ebony on. Oh, you did? I did. You, you know, I met Ebony once. I saw her at Dave Quinn's book party. And we had a really nice moment. She, she, she was so nice to me. She said, oh my God, I finally get to meet the queen. And we had a real moment. She's a very, I like her because she's a very strong woman as well, mm -hmm. but I don't really know her. And I think I feel bad about last season because I just think it was all too much. It was a lot. It was a lot and it was hard. And you know, that was the season to take a break because you got to remember too, not that the show did not fail or succeed because of me, but you do take one of the players out. That's always a drawing, even in the best of times for right. the audience. Then it's COVID. Then it's, you know, they bring in a, a, a new girl, Ebony, that really doesn't really know the girls that well. So that's always hard. And I'm, younger I'm both, than the man. And a lot younger by 20 years. Right. And you can't film in New York City, which right. New York City for the New York housewife is a major character. It's our backdrop. Right. So it was just so difficult for, for all of them, I think. And it just, you know, I, I, I felt bad. I felt bad. I feel bad. You know, I don't know. Does she know? Does she say she's going to go back? Does she think she's going to go back? I mean, she was like, I would love to. I said to her, I said, this is just my opinion as a viewer, right? Because I've been watching the show since the get-go. I felt like we didn't get the true you because you were always on the defense. Like it yeah. was always like, you know, you didn't, like you just said, you didn't know him. 20 years age gap with some of the OGs. First black woman on New York Housewives. And by the way, now cameras in your face. Yeah. And, and, you know, and also to the thing with Ebony, from what little I know, she's very intelligent. Yeah. So, you know, she used to be a lawyer and, and they, I saw her on The View and I thought she was incredible because that's where she shines. She was right. on Fox News. I mean, this is a different, you know, I'm not doing Fox News or, or being on The View. I'm a wacky. The reason why I work is because I'm a wacky sort of aspirational kind of woman that people can really relate to. Right, right. You know? What? When I'm happy, when I'm sad, when I'm drunk, they're like, okay, we get it. I've been there. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it, it was. Tough. And I think I... you have to really be able to put down your guard and just be, roll with it. And that's not easy. I always say it's much harder to find a housewife than people think. People think anybody can just do it. You can't. You have to be a certain character. Especially in New York. Mm-hmm. New York's like a whole, I feel like it's a whole different playing field and a whole different ball game. You know, I feel bad. Like she I was absolutely lovely to me and she had a real warmth and she was, we were really just happy to see each other because, you know, I was on when she wasn't on and she was on when I wasn't on. And so the ghost of me was lingering around. Always. And, you know, people were always drawing all these comparisons. We missed Dorinda. So that couldn't have been easy for her, right? So I was really happy just to have that moment. And I talked to Jill and like Gina Keo. And it's like, when we started, we knew, like you knew Ramona, you knew. I knew Luann. Ramona, I knew Sonia, I knew Luann. I knew, uh, I, I met Carol a couple of like briefly. We didn't really know each other, but it wasn't unusual. I kind of had a lot, you know, I met Bethany and we kind of, we, you know, even if you didn't know, we had things in common. Right. Now you could look at the group and say, I get that. I right. can get my head around that. Right. But it's hard when you have someone that's, you know, 65, you know, and then someone that's 36 that have no connective tissues. Right. Totally. It's, I, that's what I felt bad. I mean, and he, like, do, I was always wondering too, with you, like, I know you're so close with Luann, obviously. Luann, Sonia, Ramona start the whole thing, not being friends. I know you're friends with them, but if well, it was actually Ramona. Luann, Bethany, the Australian girl, what's her name? And Jill. It wasn't even Sonia in the beginning. Oh, right. I'm sorry. From the get-go. Right. Right, yeah. right. right. 
But like now, if like you say you're producing it, right? Friendships aside, because I know your friends, like you're so close with Luann Luann and all that. Do you think- And Sonia, yeah. And Sonia, do you think- I stay in contact with them all, to tell you the truth, except for Ramona. You do? Yeah, I just don't, you know, you're on a show with them. I was on a show. I just think you should stay in contact with people. I, I don't, I don't do that. You know, just because I'm on a show with you, I'm in contact. I mean, if I had a friendship with you on the show, I have a friendship with you off the show. Right. It's just who I am. Cool. You know what I mean? Well, and it's like you said, you become like a family. Alone. Yeah. I just talked to Leah yesterday. Yeah. No, I always touch base with the girls. I mean, do you think though, if your friendships aside, do you mm-hmm. think it's like, okay, Ramona, Luann, Sonia have been on basically since the start. The beginning. Do you think it would be good from a show producer standpoint if it's like let's get them out and get all new blood in because something needs no and i'll tell you why someone we just were having this discussion last night at lagaloo because it'd be too much for the audience it'd be too much it would be like starting a whole new show right you know and there would be too you know i think the best if i were to do is i would throw in the old with the new make a big cast throw them in there and then over time even make sort of some people need to go friends and let the other girls develop their character, their friendship and their relationship with the Bravo world. Because remember the Bravo fan is insanely loyal. Totally. They're the most loyal people I have ever come in contact with. I remember once I'm not going to say who it is because she'll probably have this, but I remember once being in a room with someone that's very famous and her actually getting angry that people were so frantic to see me because we, in their minds, they have accessibility to us. You know, someone that's on TV is just, they don't, they never believe they're gonna have access. Like people really are like, oh my God, I love your blue cheese matter recipe. And I love your bad headboard. And yeah, you look so nice yesterday. You know, they really are in your life and right, they love totally. you. Right. So, you know, the audience needs to have that love affair with, you know, with, with the, the people that come on. And that takes a minute. Right. It took less for me because remember, I'd been on the show before. It, before I was on properly, I was always, I would go on with Jill and go on with Ramona. And, and I knew all, most of the girls and we all know each other's kids. So when I walked on, it was almost as if I, or I just kind of picked up and started doing it. And you people got it. Totally, totally. Who's like your ideal just for New York? Like, I know you did the mashup, but if you were like, okay, Dorinda, you're coming back to, to Real Houses New York, who would be like your top that I have to do the show with? Well, definitely Luann. Luann. You know, that is, of course, Sonia. I mean, I, I, to tell you the truth, I just think they should bring back a big, huge cast. Throw us all back in there. I mean, and then at the end of the season, make some of them friends and some of them the main thing. Because we need to... We, we got to get the Bravo, the New York franchise brought, uh, we got to get those, we got to get them excited again. I know. We got to get them excited. They got to, people got to be excited to see the new, see the old, see the this. We need to. You're freaking coming back. <laughs> I hope so. Man. I know. Let's it. Hope so. I know. I, I know. It. We were, so, we were so going to start talking and I had three things. A, I wrote a poem. I know you have to go. I have a poem for you, by the way. I wrote a poem for you. I got so excited talking. I was going to ask you first and most importantly, how Hannah is doing because nothing else in the world matters that matters. Great. I love my daughter is, as I always call, she, she, I always say to Hannah, you are a solid citizen. I raised a solid citizen. I mean, listen, of all the shit that you do, nothing's better than Nothing. Nothing. My second thing was, I know you're freaking coming back. Um, and you can smile. I know you're going to freaking be back. And then my third was going to re- to read you my poem. Oh my God. I want this poem. Can you text it to me? Of course. Are you ready? Let me find it. All right. <clears throat> this blonde fireball came on and forever changed New York city. And since she's been gone, pardon my French, it has been pretty shitty. We can always count on her to make it though, the hostess with the mostest who runs the ship. But don't get it twisted. You be nice too, or she might just give you the clip. She has done it all, but being the best mom to Hannah, that will never ever stop. Man, I hope she's really wearing a Giovanni top. 
Everything about her is deadly. You guys from Real Housewives of New York and the mashup, it is the one, the only Dorinda Medley. I will. I'll, I'll message. I'll DM you it. Why don't you post it? I'll repost it. I will. I'll send it to you. And I think I even missed it. Oh, the one was, we can always count on her to make it nice. That's what I miss. Nice. But I was so excited. I'm like, can I say shit? It's Dorinda. I can say it's shitty. Dur- Come you on. can say anything. Anything. Um, well, this will- was so much fun. And don't forget, what's your job for 2022? Uh, find you a mug. Yeah. Make Yo, it nice. it's it's happening. We're gonna make it. We're gonna make it naughty and nice. Make it naughty and nice, and I'm ready for both. I love it. Listen, I'm gonna DM you. Will you please you. let me know whenever you're coming here so I can yes. buy you dinner, find you a man. I'm gonna be on the. I'm telling Josh. I'm gonna get some freaking peeps on it. Buy coastal. So I'm I can ready. I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready for New York. York. I, I'm even, I, I've even started to clean out my lingerie drawer, drawer and get some nice, fresh stuff. Jimmy, I got to get out with all the old and get some fresh stuff in. I love it. I love it. I'm going to go. Thank you so much. Thank you for it having me. It was the me. best. I will talk bye. to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye, Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Side Piece. Make sure to follow on Instagram with the handle at Side Piece Show. That's at S-I-D-E-P-I-E-C-E-S-H-O-W at Side Piece Show. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe.